Hi everyone, I'm Andy. And I'm Allie. And welcome back to another episode of your weekly favorite book club and media podcast, Marianne and Wanda. Yes, indeed. And now we're well into January and I'm starting to panic. Yeah. Also, it's rainy here and it's calling for snow next week. So there's lots of changes coming. It's, yeah, a cold front moves through here and the wind is like 25 to 30 miles per hour right now or something. It's insane. It is so cold. Yeah. I hate it. I was downtown today and I was on the 25th floor of the office and I was in one of the conference rooms and I, mm-hmm. could, I could see and hear the windows like swaying back and forth from the wind Ooh. and it was kind of creepy. I was like, oh man, what if this building was to like collapse? But it's not going to do that. Yeah. Well, you better hope not. <laughs> I mean, no, hope not because I'm on the 25th floor. There's no getting out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Really windy here too. We finally, finally have gotten over our little sickness that was going around. We never really you... found out what it was. <laughs> Best be knocking on wood right now. Andy. <laughs> Who's to say last year when we had our national sales conference, a bunch of people in my immediate group got COVID, including my manager who drove me home from the airport or not home, but back from the airport to Lebanon. I -hmm. rode with him in the truck and he had contracted COVID, didn't know it yet. And somehow I never got it. So you maybe should wear a mask next week at your meeting. Yeah. I might. I don't know if you've thought about that. We're like in the biggest, we're in the second biggest wave right now. And you're going to have all these people coming in from all over. Yeah. I have heard that we're in the second biggest wave. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I hope you, yeah. Stay off the sickness. Yeah. I bought a humidifier and it's helped some, but yeah, we just had this like kind of itchy throat and congestion, but nothing, nothing that we could really define as what it was. Adam went and tried to get some antibiotics or, steroids or something because he thought he had a sinus infection but they didn't give him anything Hmm. anyway yeah Yeah. anything else new with you no i got a big weekend coming up um it's molly's bachelorette party which means i probably will get covid which i hate but we're going to new orleans which will be a lot of fun so (laughs) shout out to molly (laughs) shout out to molly our favorite listener not our favorite (laughs) listener whoa that was a big statement whoa we don't have a favorite listener (laughs) We're one of her favorite podcasts, I'm sure. I'm sure she wouldn't <laughs> well, that's hate me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Anyway, she's a longtime listener, big friend of the pod. She was our first and only guest. No, so. Adam's been. A oh wait, guest. no, we've had Adam. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. So this week we watched The Devil Wears Prada. When was the last time you think you'd seen this movie? Other than the time, like three weeks ago, that I watched. Oh. <laughs> Uh, before that, I definitely I see this. I watch this like maybe twice a year. Really, in a good year. I really love this movie. Okay, to I me, think, it's a classic. I think I watched it the most. Let's see, it came out in two thousand six. I want to say I watched it the most probably until about 2011, 2012, like mid high school, and then mm. I don't know that I've seen it since then. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's been a while. I'm interested to hear if you still love it as much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway, uh, you want to give a quick summary for those who maybe haven't seen it? I know Adam has not yes. seen it. Well, Adam's a fool, and you should have made him watch it with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I was 
I've started off this summary with we've all seen this movie, which you just contradicted. <laughs> um, but of course, this is the classic. Andy Sachs is an aspiring journalist living in New York City trying to break into the scene when she gets an interview with the editor of Runway Magazine, a job that allegedly millions of girls would kill for. She's certain that if she just puts up with the editor, Miranda Priestley, and her first assistant, Emily, for just one year, she can have any job that she wants in the journalism world. With some help along the way, especially from art director Nigel, Andy manages to excel in her position amid a storm of changing positions, underhanded deals, and bamboozled friends. (laughs) You read the best summaries. (laughs) Oh, I have a lot of fun. (laughs) Uh, but yes i what i learned most so i read an ew oral history entertainment weekly oral history and indiewire article and a variety article about this movie and the first thing that i learned is that it's actually based on a book uh, by lauren weisberger is how i assume you say her last name they optioned this for a movie based on the title and 50 pages of a manuscript hmm. like which the is first 50 pages uh, I would assume so, but who's to say if she wrote it in order? Yeah, that's true. Like, maybe it's 50 yeah. pages out of the middle somewhere. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, what I've learned from my friend who's been trying to publish a book is that, like, often, most often you show up with, like, a fully, like, kind of polished product for them to look at. So the fact that she's getting a movie off of 50 pages and a title is insane to me. Yeah. But it's a... I mean, it's a good movie. <laughs> so it was released on June 30th of 2006. So we would have been in going into sixth grade. Yes. <laughs> so 11 years old. Wow. Wow. <laughs> did we see this in movies when it came out? I'm sure I did not. I don't think I did. It had a budget of either 35 or $41 million, depending on who you talk to. But it got internationally the box office total was 326.7 million dollars so they made like a ton of money on this yeah and it was the 12th highest grossing film in 2006 so i also didn't know that it was nominated for two oscars did you no and i but i see your notes and i'm very surprised that Anne hathaway was not nominated yeah i don't know if she was yeah just like looked over because um Meryl Streep who was nominated for the best actress Oscar like maybe she just overshadowed Anne Hathaway so much yeah and then it was also nominated for three Golden Globes and Meryl Streep actually won for best actress which is great it's funny to see Meryl Streep play this kind of character compared to when we watched Mamma Mia a couple months ago and how different (laughs) character was just the range of I don't know emotions that she can portray was very cool yeah i mean you could yeah from just those two movies alone yeah. you can really tell <laughs> yeah and that barely touches anything else she's done and then if we just want to run through the crew real quick it was directed by david frankel who did like a couple episodes of sex in the city and then also marley and me after this movie um and the screenplay was by i feel like we talk about this all the is it aileen brosh mckenna i think so Okay, because we've talked about her before when we watched 27 Dresses and Cruella. <laughs> and then it was produced by Wendy Feinerman, who also did Forrest Gump, P.S. I Love You, and One for the Money. And then, as I mentioned, the costumes were designed by Patricia Field. 
who I found out was credited with designing the original fashion leggings in the 1970s. What does that mean? Like, they'd had leggings for, I mean, like, they had leggings in medieval times for jesters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, what we think of as women's leggings originated really in the 70s, and she's credited with um, sort of designing the original pair that was really popular. Huh. okay. I guess when I think of 70s, I think of more, like, bell bottoms so i didn't even think of legging well this started then she's (laughs) it sounds like she had a lot of influence um particularly on queer culture but she like had a huge influence in fashion in the olden days in the 70s and then she did this movie you know 36 years later and got into uh the entertainment industry she's had a really cool career very influential (laughs) so that's like the majority of my fun my little background that i did yeah Let's get into some of the cast members. Yes, because it's such a good cast. Yeah. So starting out with Meryl Streep as Miranda Priestly, which also I love the name Miranda Priestly. That just flows so well and just makes you think like that's somebody who's like the CEO. Yeah, it's a good name. Yeah. <laughs> Is it because Priestly kind of sounds like Presley and so we just kind of elevated a little bit? I think Priestly sounds kind of like royalty. To me, oh. that reminds me of royalty, and so it makes me think that they are above everybody else. Which I mean, Miranda Priestly is <laughs> above everybody. Yes. <laughs> Meryl Streep turned down the role uh, one time, and then held out for a higher salary. And she turned it down because she said the original offer was, if not insulting, not perhaps reflective of her actual value to the project. Great for her. Yeah, love to hear it. <laughs> And uh, her character is modeled after Anna Wintour, who's the editor of Vogue. A fun fact, you know, I I guess I had always assumed that it was based off of some actual woman, but I never, I never thought about who it might be. I never gave it a, a thought. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of designers name dropped in this movie, but a lot of them didn't want to lend like any sort of designs at all to it at the start because they thought that this movie was going to be insulting mm. to Wintour. And so they were like, leave us out of it. We don't want to like get taken down at all. Yeah. That makes sense. So Meryl Streep for this movie, she kind of went on a method acting route. And so she tried to stay in character, you know, both on set while filming and offset. Uh-huh. And Uh, And so she was, like, sometimes mean and snippy to, like, Anne Hathaway. And she said it's the last time she ever did it because she could hear everyone else, like, laughing and hanging out outside of her, like, um, trailer door. And she just, like, felt super left out. Aww. (laughs) So I see your note that um, other people who were considered for the role, one of them was Glenn Close. I think she Mm -hmm. would have made a very good Miranda Priestly too. Yeah, she's also got a lot of range um, and definitely can rock like the the gray haired look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we have Anne Hathaway as Andy Sachs. And mm-hmm. we just looked it up before we started recording, but she was 24 when filming this, which her character is supposedly right out of college. So 22, 23. But I thought in the movie she looked older than the role she was playing. But turns out I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. She always has looked more or less the right age for all of her roles to me. So, mm-hmm. But it turns out that they had wanted a, a more established actress because she had only done, you know, as we mentioned a million times, you know, she's done like teen movies all before this, mm-hmm. um, like Princess Diaries and Ellen Enchanted and whatnot. 
Yeah. Um, and so they wanted someone like Rachel McAdams or Scarlett Johansson or Natalie Portman. Um, but I, they really did a good choice with Anne Hathaway. A lot of those girls, a lot of those ladies are blonde, not Natalie Portman, but like pretty much everybody else on the list is very blonde. And I just think that, I don't know, Andy or Anne as Andy, like really, she fit the character, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have liked it as much if Rachel McAdams or Kate Hudson had played Andy Sachs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I've always loved Anne Hathaway because of Princess Diaries, mostly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, and I think that a lot of the movies they've been in, I guess, that I've seen, they've, like, it's been a lot more heavy on the romantic side and a lot funnier. And it feels yeah. like um, Andy's character in this is not she's like somewhat she's pretty serious about her job in this yeah and she's going through a lot and it you know they're they're also serious actresses but i guess i i have a harder time envisioning them because of this Mm -hmm. i think it's because i know them for more roles where they play the strong female lead and andy Sachs is not the strong female lead Mm. she's she's the young immature inexperienced character and mm-hmm. I, I don't know I just don't see them playing that her role as well because they most of the time when I think of them I think of like Regina George and you know other characters like that that are kind of stronger and bossier characters mm-hmm. Emily Blunt oh. is Emily Charlton mm-hmm. I also think she did a good choice they were originally wanted her character to have an American accent and she came in and read it with just the, her normal British accent and they ended up loving it so <laughs> And then, of course, we have your favorite. Ah, Stanley Tucci. (laughs) Nigel Kipling. I didn't realize that was his last name. I don't know if they ever actually said his last name, but that's what the Wikipedia page had, so Mm -hmm. I'll allow it. What really shocked me, this is actually the most shocking thing about this movie, is that he wasn't cast until the weekend before his first scene. And there were 150 other actors considered before him, which is insane. Wow. I couldn't even name 150 other male actors. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly not who could do his role in this. Right, yeah. Did you say he was your favorite character? He's, yeah, he's always my favorite character yeah. in any movie. He was my favorite character, too. <laughs> yeah. He got such he got such a short end of the stick. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I forgot that that happened. And I was like, oh, no, Stanley. <laughs> I mean, it breaks your heart. We're, of course, talking about how in the end of this movie, he was supposed to get a essentially a big promotion and be an art director partner at a fashion house. And Meryl Streep's character does a whole bunch of switcheroos so she can end up keeping her job. And that means that Stanley doesn't get to keep his or or has to keep his, I guess. Yeah. It really, God, it really breaks your heart. <laughs> Okay, all right. Well, let's um let's get into some of our notes that we made. I kind of want to go back to Miranda Priestley for a minute. Okay. Like I said, it's been a long time since I had seen the movie, but I noticed that you you were questioning whether Miranda was a heroine versus a villain. Mhm. And I don't really think she's either one. I think she she's tough and she doesn't sugarcoat anything, but I don't think she's cruel. Like when when she chose Andy over Emily Harris, it wasn't because she didn't like Emily anymore or anything like that. It was just strictly business is business. She thought Andy was going to handle it better, handle the pressure, and so she picked her. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Although I do, I do feel sorry for her a little bit when she kept saying things like, don't be ridiculous, Andrea, everyone wants this. <laughs> I remember when I was younger watching it being like, that is such a cool job being the head of a fashion company. But then watching it now, I was like, I do not want any part of a job that requires me to stay at the office till 1030 every night. That is not yep. the work-life balance <laughs> that I want. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, it sounds, it seems like Miranda, for the most part, enjoyed at least the work. Um, and so maybe she didn't mind so much. But I, I think to me, she's a bit of a heroine. She's definitely not a villain, which she was nominated for like maybe like an MTV award for best villain or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think you're right. She's just like a, a businesswoman. And we think she's a villain just because I think we're probably taught a little bit that women shouldn't have high powered jobs like this, but like, I don't, yeah, she's definitely not the villain. Yeah. I think she's a bit of a heroine. She, she teaches tough love to Emily, to Andy, to Nigel, whoever, which I mean, she did kind of do Nigel, Nigel dirty. So I won't say that was great, but aside from that, like just working for her, she's not, mean she has just a you know business attitude it's not personal it's business (laughs) yeah and like andy got a lot better at her job under miranda's guidance like miranda didn't take her nonsense and like andy is very competent by the end yeah you should get any job she wanted you know so Mm -hmm. (laughs) my favorite quote of hers was by all means move at a glacial pace you know how that thrills me She's got a lot of scathing lines like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I like a lot the way that she like she's very quiet in how in her her voice for this character. Mm-hmm. Um and it like it commands a lot of respect because like everybody has to just stop talking and listen to you because you're being quiet, you know? And that was a good choice, I think. Yeah, it's almost like you're you're hanging on every word she says because mm-hmm. she's very important and you don't want to disappoint her which I also thought that was kind of funny that she would say I will be very disappointed if I see this or if this happens or that happens and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like oh no we don't want to disappoint the boss <laughs> no absolutely not <laughs> I really liked her her little monologue about Andy's sweater her blue sweater yeah her fashion monologue I think if I could have one quote could it just be that like two minute long <laughs> And Andy was not taking things seriously at first and just thought like, oh, this doesn't mean anything. It's not important. But then for Miranda to put it in perspective to her to be like, you think that you made that choice of putting on that blue sweater? But really, it was chosen for somebody just like you. Two years ago. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I also really liked Emily. Um, Mm -hmm. Pretty cold at first, but we can see that she warms up to Andy, especially at that party where they had to memorize all the people's faces in those books Mm -hmm. started to warm up to her more then but I also felt bad for her that she felt betrayed when Andy got to go to Paris instead and it made me want to question did did you think that Andy really had a choice in the matter or not no I don't think Andy had a choice at I mean she did if she wanted to keep her job Andy did not have a choice yeah and Emily's beef is really not with Andy, but with Miranda. Yeah. Um, and so, like, she she's, of course, welcome to be disappointed. But, like, you can't be mad at Andy for that. Yeah. Again, business is business. Like, if my boss mm-hmm. tells me I'm sending you to, you know, this other location 
And then at the last minute, he says, never mind, I'm going to send your coworker because X, Y, Z, whatever business is business. Yeah. Not personal. Yeah. I will say something that hits me more and more every time with Emily's character, like as I age is, is how, I guess like it, how she like portrays the early 2000s diet culture that was so forcefully shoved down our throats for forever. Like yeah. all of the, all of the jokes about her weight and how she like says that whenever her diet is like not to eat anything and until she feels faint and then she eats a single cube of cheese. Yeah. Like it's a funny line and I still kind of laugh at it every time, but every time I'm like, man, I still can't believe this is like, it's like no wonder everyone had an eating disorder yeah i made note of that too i said it's that the disordered eating complex is very on par early 2000s and i don't think i noticed it as much when i was younger watching it but now i was like wow this is almost just gross with how how many like fat comments there were about andy being a size six and how that was unacceptable and like, I get that that's probably something that's more noticed in the fashion world, but at the same time, like, come on. <laughs> a size six is perfectly normal. Yeah. We don't all need to be size double zero. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, yeah, I think should I ever get to watch this with Rosie, I'm definitely going to have just quick uh, disclaimer before we put it on, before I say, this is the best movie you'll ever watch, but also... <laughs> don't listen to them yeah and then i have quite a few notes about andy too um mm-hmm. my main like first impression since i hadn't seen it in a while was that she just complains a lot and that she complains so much that i thought she felt like she was kind of throwing away this opportunity that she was given because mm-hmm. let's be real if you are fresh out of college and the biggest fashion company offers you a job right out of college like you need to shut up and take it Uh, like I can't imagine being offered a job right out of college with no experience at the biggest fashion company that there is and then just yeah about it the whole time like granted she wanted to be a journalist but she was working for a magazine so like your foot's in the door it's not like you're working at the McDonald's down the street which is still a perfectly good job but it's like out of what she wanted right and so it's like you're you're getting your foot in the door here andy like yeah please yeah and just the quote again a million girls would kill for your job especially like it's gonna help her in the end even more because she's already like you said got her foot in the door into the journalism world yeah and how much like all of them stress that she could get any job anywhere if she just stays there for a year yeah it's insane like come on your first year out of college stick it out for a year get the experience and then apply somewhere else if it's really that terrible but i don't know i just felt like she was being whiny and i don't know <laughs> i wasn't a big fan of her overall yeah i i love her and hate her a little bit like she does complain a lot but i guess i understand it a little bit because it was a very demanding job yeah um but i don't i don't know yeah what did you think about andy's relationship with nate (laughs) like speaking of someone who sucks nate's the worst yeah i wrote in my notes wow he's rude (laughs) yeah i mean talk about a complainer like i know 
I know that he had like she missed his birthday and she wasn't home a lot but she made it clear to him like this was only going to be a year so like calm down dude like let her try this for a year so that she could get started in her career you're already a chef like let her live her life yeah that's what I I wrote down too is like okay you both understand that this is her first big girl job she's got to do what she's got to do grind it out to get the experience it's only a year long like yeah Mm -hmm. things are going to be a little different for this year I'm going to have to work late put in the extra time whatever and be on call but it's not forever but yeah, he just was so rude about it. And then for him to say, you got a job at a fashion company? Was it a phone interview? Oh, that made blood boil. And I was thinking instant breakup. <laughs> yeah, like what a jerk. Yeah, if some, if my significant other, husband, boyfriend, whatever, had said that to me, I would have been like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, if my partner had ever said that to me, they would have been kicked out immediately. Yeah. Like, at least given a little bit of a hit and the opportunity to apologize but and then later she tries to like make an effort in her appearance when she's literally in a fashion industry workplace and he says you're gonna be answering phones and getting coffee you really need a ball gown for that like oh my gosh way to rain on her parade even more Yeah, and she like she looked great, and she clearly liked the clothes. Like people's style evolves, so what if she finally likes a different style? Let her live. Yeah, and no, it's, Nate's the worst. You know, you know what they say: look good, feel good. And so she knew she looked good, and she was feeling better and more confident in her job. What's wrong with that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just thought he was very unsupportive, and I also thought he was projecting a lot because he obviously wasn't happy in his restaurant job and she was doing better and better it seemed like as mm-hmm. moving on so i felt like he just was unhappy with himself and oh yeah i don't know i don't think they should have ended up together in the end oh well that's one of my questions right because there's a bit of a love triangle which we haven't mentioned yet but andy does make some questionable decisions with um christian thompson who helps her out in a sticky situation uh, played by simon baker who's got classic almost like an old movie star look to me with like his blonde curls and his his eyes you know yeah um but like they're in a bit of a love triangle right and i i agree with you i don't know that like she should have necessarily chosen nate i don't think she should have chosen simon or christian thompson either no but she definitely shouldn't have chosen nate well, and I don't even know that they really ended up together because Nate at the end got a job in Boston and then Andy got a job supposedly in New York because she had an interview that afternoon and she got mm. the job. So like either they were doing long distance or I don't know. But yeah, I was like, mm, she could do better than Nate, but I don't really think Christian Thompson's the right one either. I mean, he's a bit of a he's too smooth of a talker. <laughs> Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like suspicious. Well, he also seemed uh, older than her. Oh, a lot older for sure. Like, he had to have been, if not like 40s, definitely, right? I don't know. Probably. I mean, he's a, a big fashion designer, right? Yeah. I mean, he's definitely got experience. So, just that alone makes it him seem like he's a lot older than her. Yeah, let's see how old he was when they filmed it. So he was born in 1969. So he would have been 
what 37 when they filmed this okay and she was so 20- late 30s yeah at least 10 years older 10 yeah so yeah i wasn't i wasn't really a big fan of the love triangle aspect but i think kind of along the lines of your note it wasn't really the main focus so it didn't really bother me yeah like it felt like just like a, like a way for andy to grow by like yeah yeah with these these trials in her relationships um and it yeah it definitely didn't feel as much like a romance movie like this felt like a movie about andy mm-hmm. and these are just side characters who yeah. happen to be that i have is <laughs> the symbolic toss of miranda's coat and purse from andy's desk onto emily's desk being symbolic of like how the food chain has been altered right in the right in the midst of the day and mm-hmm. i think like Emily can't even have one sick day and she gets demoted. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. It's a dog eat dog world. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I just this is why it... Americans are so scared to take sick days. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I just thought it was funny that like she would come in and slam her her coat and purse down on Andy's desk every day. And then just the one day that Emily is running late and isn't feeling well and then gets hit by a car or a taxi, she throws her purse and coat down on emily's desk instead well you know sucks to suck this is what you get for having no immune system because you're not eating food yeah you only eat one cube of cheese (laughs) yeah when do you feel faint like geez louise yeah the only the only other thing that i made note of was that everybody has such a big ego in this like miranda's ego is just literally off the charts andy's ego at first is that she can't be bothered with coming like stooping down to the level of caring about what she looks like as if Mm. that makes her less of a person yeah so like her ego is pretty boosted in the beginning and then emily thinks that nobody can be a better assistant than her her ego is pretty high up there and nate's ego is pretty high up there too oh god yeah like everybody but nigel i was just about to say everybody (laughs) I was just like, yeah, I'm having a good time at my job. <laughs> the art director. Yeah. I have some bad ideas sometimes, but I'm nice. Yeah. Uh, I love the scene when he's walking through the, like, the like the closet of samples. Dude, yeah. Magazines really have just, like, they must. Giant rooms filled with all the clothes that they try to shoot with. No idea. They must. That's not far-fetched. Um, anyway, the scene where he's, like, walking through and, like, picking out stuff for Andy and, like, picking up the shoes. Like, I love that scene. Yeah. He does He does a great job. Yep. And then he's, like, she, I don't remember what exactly Andy says, but he's, like, you'll take what I give you and you'll like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, to a poncho. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> and to be fair, it was a pretty ugly poncho. <laughs> ugly to us but maybe that was fashionable and in at the time oh my god do you not remember when ponchos were in oh no i do i just meant like that color and pattern oh god Uh, ponchos in general i think are bad i have i have a memory i I think it's third or fourth grade i have a school picture and a poncho and i so (laughs) wish i hadn't worn that i remember it i remember it was like a blue and green poncho (laughs) i don't want to talk about it (laughs) i had a poncho too mine was blue and purple and it was almost like crocheted. Yeah, mine was crocheted. <laughs> I was like, that's the only material we could make it out of. Did oh. you make yours? 
No, God, no. Okay, I didn't make okay, my crochet. I don't remember. I'm sure my mom bought it from somewhere. <laughs> Same. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, my my question additionally though is, she like gets she gets more outfits than obviously what she could have carried out of that room on that one occasion when they shot that scene. Yeah. So do we think that she just like went back every day with with him and just like picked out a new outfit for the next day and got to got to keep it? I don't know because her dad also mentions. Like, the pay is terrible, so we know she's yeah. making enough to really pay her bills and do shopping sprees all the time. Right. She's definitely not buying these clothes. Right, yeah. But also, Nigel says there's going to be nothing in here that fits you. So, yeah. you probably didn't have a whole lot of choices in that closet. I don't know. Um, until I was watching it recently, um, and either this time or three weeks ago, and I had had that thought of, like, Man, she gets a lot of clothes in this. And she looks good in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And like like the Chanel boots, when she walks in with those and Emily and uh, the cameo by Giselle Bunchen, or however you say your last name, um, like them looking up at her in those like above knee boots, mm-hmm. she rocked that. But I don't know. Yeah. I understand why it was nominated for Costume Design Awards. <laughs> Did you have a favorite quote of the whole movie um i think it's when Miranda, when we first miranda is first walking into the building and stanley tucci says gird your loins it <laughs> <laughs> gets me every time i think one of mine i have so many but i think one of my other favorite ones is when emily said you sold your soul the first day you put on that pair of jimmy chews <laughs> yeah. like oh burn <laughs> got him yeah you can't pretend you're better than me now because you also wear those same shoes yeah yeah um okay i don't have anything else do you have anything else or should no. we should we rate it okay how many that's alls out of <laughs> five that's alls <laughs> um five obviously i'd give it more if i could I love this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I think I I actually didn't like it as much as I remember liking it. And I think it was a lot of because the the diet culture was so in your face. And Uh, Andy's character just kind of sucked in the beginning. But she's gross. That's the whole point of the movie. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I'm going to give this one a 3.5. Wow. Ouch. Yeah. I remember it being amazing when I was younger, probably high school age. But this time I was like, "Mm, not the best I've ever seen, but (laughs) But not bad. Not bad. Um, Yeah. Maybe I just like it because I just have continued watching it. Maybe it's the nostalgia factor. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. It's not bad. And I definitely think it's very cool to see Meryl Streep's um, range, like we said. From like yeah. mama to this. <laughs> so totally different. Yeah, but she rocks both of them. Yeah, she does. <laughs> That's all. That's all. Oh, and then when she the like the little nugget, like the little speech when um Stanley Tucci's talking about like her reactions to clothing lines and he's like, She's only ever given a smile once. And then like the last shot of the movie, we pan 
away as she's riding in the back of the car. She gives a little smile to Andy. Like, loved that. Loved that. Yeah, I did make note that she hardly ever smiles. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I realized that that was from her disapproving of, like, the different, um, what do they call them? Like, the run-through, the trial run of the different yeah. outfits. I I just thought she didn't smile very much because her work-life balance sucked. <laughs> uh, well, I just think she doesn't like to smile. Um. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, but yeah, like she she never really smiles in reaction to the clothing lines at all. But she yeah. did to Andy. <laughs> she per- her lips? Catastrophe. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. Well, okay. next week we have Halloween People by Helen Ellis, the last of that short story series. Mm-hmm. From Southern Lady Code. Yes. So don't forget to pick a new one for us. Oh, I know. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta work on that. I haven't even yeah. thought about it. And then the book for the month is Ghosted by Rosie mm-hmm. Walsh. Mm-hmm. I still haven't read any more, but can't tell you if it's any better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I now opened that... mine today, so. I've only read like 10 pages. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm still excited to read that, so. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Marianne and Wanda. We would love to hear your feedback and if you have any books or topics for us to review. You can reach us at Marianne and Wanda podcast on Instagram or send us an email at Marianne and Wanda podcast at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.